This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending megabucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. For Declan Fraser, the holiday's over, it's back to work. But what was he doing whilst he was on holidays up in Mackay? But my ribs swell up really badly. Um, and they're very, very swollen and bruised right now. So it should be a bit of fun when I get to the test day on Tuesday. We talk karting, teammates on fire, and what he learned from Darwin on this edition of Inside Supercars with Declan Fraser. And it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel, and we're joined by the third of our rookies, that being Declan Fraser on board the Pickford Racing Trady, number 56. Declan, welcome back. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me again. While you're still up in Queensland, sunny old Queensland, you would have enjoyed the time in Darwin, I bet, because the weather would have suited you entirely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it suited me. It was, it was definitely hot. I um. I'm a Victorian now, I remember, mate. I'm uh, acclimatised to the six-degree mornings and whatnot. So, no, it was good. I'm actually currently sitting on my deck looking over the uh, ocean back at my parents' place in Mackay, so it's been a nice change of pace. And Mackay, I'm sure, is a very, very pleasant place for you. You didn't grow up there, though. You, uh, you, your parents moved up there quite late, didn't they? Uh, no, so I actually moved here when I was six years old, so I've probably spent more time in well oh, i definitely okay. have spent more time in queensland than i have in victoria so i guess you could say i'm a queenslander <laughs> all right well let's just uh, recount sort of hidden valley because um it was a pretty tough old time for uh, you know a bunch of people uh, most of which was uh, your uh, teammate in cam waters but it, it's a, a pretty uh, interesting track i you, you wouldn't have been there too often would you no it was my first time and yeah like you said it's pretty interesting track it's definitely a difficult little circuit to get used to but it was um, a lot of fun another new track for me to learn and get around and yeah we i think we've done a pretty good job in the end as such when you're learning these tracks i mean obviously you've got three other drivers there who raced there some in case of say james courtney you know quite some years um but even cam and thomas have been there before that obviously must give you a lot of heart when you're talking to them around the track yeah it's massive having those guys like you said they've done a lot of laps around there so for me it was just mainly watching their footage looking at their data after every session as soon as i got out of the car any questions that i had and previous to the event i had footage and data from last year again it's a different car but um the track characteristics don't really change so you can sort of still learn from that and yeah i think 
I've learnt pretty quickly over the weekend. I feel like even though it wasn't our best result, we had a lot of DNS over the weekend, which was just unfortunate. Lady Luck wasn't on our side, but I feel like competitive-wise in qualifying and stuff, it was definitely the most that I felt competitiveness. So um, it was pretty cool to go to a new track and feel that straight away. Now, at both Barbara Gallo, Simmons Plains, you've now experienced two of the different qualifying methods, that being the three-part qualifier and then the, the sudden what well, it's called sudden death, but the sudden, you know, 10 minutes, go out there and do it all in 10 minutes, and you've got to back another one back-to-back against it. That must be pretty difficult, those uh, ones when you're doing it uh, back-to-back qualifying sessions. Yeah, it is it is a little bit difficult just trying to remember um, what you need to improve on for the next, the next quality. So I did like the three-part qualifying. I think for Cam, I told him that he owes me half of that pole check uh, because he knocked me out of the first qualifying by one thousandth of a second. So, um, yeah, it's just lear- learning new things, and we've had an opportunity now to do all these different types of qualifying. And, um, yeah, like you said, it's just back-to-back makes it quite difficult because you don't have that time to get out of the car, look at your data, see what you need to do for the next one. And um, I actually found that we, we had our best qualifying result in those back-to-back ones on the second day. All through the year, you've been providing us with the one thing that you've learned. And really, we've seen it all focused in around the qualifying across the year. Yeah, it's massive when it comes to qualifying. And the racing itself, it um, it all comes down to where you qualify. I think for these cars this year, there was the promise that would hopefully be a bit easier to race. And I guess most of us drivers are finding that it hasn't been it's made a little bit easier, but it's still very, very difficult to actually race and pass people out on track. So trying to get the qualifying car right so that you get track position is the biggest thing because when you get clear air, you're set basically. And, and I think we've seen that over the weekend. Most of the guys who were out in front of the races, they just drove away from everyone just because they had that clear air. So I think even in the first race, when I got back out after that first damage, uh, that first bit of damage, I set the third fastest lap of the race and that was all just because I had the clear air to just put my head down and get on with it. So um, just trying to maximise that qualifying, which is something that I'm still probably that tiny bit off. I think on that second day when I got the 14th in the first qualifying and then the second one where I was ended up coming in 18th, I made the, the most minute mistake coming onto the straight and it cost me a tenth and a half and that tenth and a half would have put me from 18th up in the sixth or seventh or something like that. So um, for me, it's just, I guess just uh, a, a new learning experience and something else to take on board and just trying to keep a cool head. I think I got a little bit ambitious in that qualifying. I seen the Delta and it was massively up and I got a little bit excited going into the last corner. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try and keep a, try and keep a cap on it next time. When you're looking at the race car then, have you felt like you've got a car that can drive through the field at times or are you finding limits to how far you can move forward? Uh, I think everyone's finding limits. It's a, a very difficult race out there, especially the race cars at the moment. So, um, yeah, uh, there's a bit going on behind the scenes that I think everyone's heard about. And, yeah, it's it's all it's all coming along. So hopefully we can get some better racing going sooner rather than later. And, yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to say. But the racing itself is quite difficult this year. And I think everyone's found that. And, I think with a bit more development with the cars and like like the Gen 2 cars from last year, the Car of the Future, sorry, they um they were so highly developed over the course of years that when we got to the end, when they ended up getting phased back down in the Super 2, I think everyone had a pretty good base and 
now we're relearning and trying to restructure our programs to try and learn these cars and build race cars out of them. And at the moment, I think most people have relatively got their quali car there or thereabouts, but just building on that race car to last long distances. And now we go to Townsville where I think it got 200k races. So um, it's going to be a massive thing when we get there. And of course, going there is something that you'll rather enjoy because you've got a good successful history at that track. <laughs> yeah, I love Townsville. It's um, technically my home event. It's the closest that I've got to Mackay up here in Queensland. So I have a lot of friends and family come out there to watch me, which is really nice. But like you said, it's got a lot of history for me in success. Last year was where I got my first Super 2 pole, my first race win, and then we took the championship over from there and then ended up going on to winning it and keeping it the whole year. So, um, yeah, it's a really cool track. I absolutely love it. The atmosphere is always awesome. And like I said, it's just really good to have all of my friends and family there to support me. And I think it just gives me that extra little boost. So it'll, uh, yeah, be really fun. It's an event that I've enjoyed as well, Townsville. It's, uh, it has a unique nature because the track itself, while I'm not driving it, to look at, of course, because it is those two different elements, both a road course and a street circuit. That is something that you enjoy? Yeah, definitely. I love my street circuits. I, I absolutely throw on them. So it's really cool to go to a place where you've actually got a road course, uh, a circuit, permanent circuit in the back part of Reed Park. And then you've also got the actual street circuit where they shut down the street. So you get a bit of a mixture of both. You've got a little bit of runoff, but not very much in that middle part and then no runoff at all with the concrete walls. So just makes a very good atmosphere for the fans. It's something new. They get to experience something a bit different than just having one or the other or just a standard race weekend and all the stuff outside of the actual racing. They have a lot of extracurricular, I guess, activities for fans to go and go and have a look at. They've got the drone show and the the music festival or concert or something. So, yeah, it should be a really good event for them. With this being the closest to home you race, mind you, it's still a long way away. Um, <laughs> do you get a lot of family, a lot of friends, a lot of people you grew up with taking that opportunity to come and see you firsthand? Yeah, 100%. I think over the past couple of years in the Toyota 86s and the Super 2, it's been my close family and friends. But now stepping up into the main series this year, I've found so many new supporters in Mackay region that have been there since the beginning that I didn't even know about that have pulled me up even in the supermarket while I've been back here this week telling me that they're going to be coming up to Townsville to support me. So just to have that support and like you said it is my home event but it's still five hour drive for these people it's pretty cool to see the dedication from some fans and friends and family that actually come and watch me race as a professional race driver there are a lot of commitments that you have to make to your sponsors and to the team um when will you actually go to uh, townsville for the weekend i believe we go there on the wednesday so we've got a couple of days prior just doing some appearances and whatnot here and there but um, yeah, I've done a little bit in the Mackay region actually in the past couple of days promoting the event on some radio and some appearances and whatnot. So hopefully we can get a good little Declan Fraser supporter club up there and see how it goes. Both you and Will Brown are the resident newcomer Queenslanders. Are you fighting for the same fan base when you get up there? Uh, I think Will's more back down to Woomba area, which is another eight hours south of me. So um, yeah, there's a little bit of distance there, but um, no, no real competition. I think it's, um, yeah, it's definitely a home event for me. But uh, yeah, I guess sort of, sort of wills as well. Are there any particular things you said to us earlier that you're uh, coming back to Melbourne tomorrow to meet with the team? That's the pre-event briefing. 
Yeah, we've got um, pre-event briefing, a rookie test day tomorrow as well, um, out at Winton, or not tomorrow, Tuesday, sorry. So um, it's got a bit going on. I actually move into a new place in Melbourne. I'm moving a bit closer into the team. So I've got a very busy week ahead of me with that, the test day, buying furniture, doing the pre-briefing, the um, appearance briefing. We've got it all going on. And then we head to Townsville on Wednesday. And with that pre-briefing and an appearance briefing, one, I can understand it's talking about how you're going to get your car ready for the race. What's the appearance briefing? It's just more of a briefing to basically let us drivers know exactly what we've got planned for the week. It's so we don't get to the event and stress about where we've got to be at certain times. It just gives us a bit of an idea of our schedule so we can sort of plan in our own downtime because we are so flat out, out at racetracks that we actually – most of us anyway would like to have a little bit of a break away from the track just to sort of go over our notes for the weekend, some footage, or just even chill out and just get away from it for a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's just a nice little, I guess, briefing just to give us a bit of an update and a bit of a plan of how we can schedule in our own time. Talking about having a break, you've spent time with the family since Darwin, but what you've been doing this weekend is back out in the carts. Can you tell us about uh, the Mackay Kart Club and your experience this weekend? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I got to actually come back to where it all started. That's um, funny coming back and it's a little bit of a different vibe now. I feel it's people were getting photos with me, which I've never actually had out at the Mackay Kart Club before I left. So it was very different for me, but it was such a cool event. I got to come back and actually race with the guy who, used to mechanic on my cart back in the junior days along with my dad um, who was engineering the cart and doing all the strategy for the weekend. So it was just a pretty cool event. We ended up winning, um, which was really nice. I think we won by about 40 seconds after the four hours. Um, and, yeah, it was just a really cool event. It was good. I spent the week up here with friends and family and just a nice chill-out area and um, then went out on the weekend and went racing like we all do. <laughs> Do you do any sort of karting back at home just to keep yourself fresh? But back in home, I mean, when you're down in Melbourne. Yeah, I would absolutely love to. At the moment, I just haven't had really the space to be able to do it. I've been living two hours out of Melbourne, so it makes it a little bit hard to sort of get to some racetracks and whatnot. So, like I said, I move into a new place this Friday. Hopefully, I can get myself a car and get back out because I can tell you right now, after this weekend, my body is aching. I couldn't believe how much the uh, go-kart was going to throw me around. Did you have the rib Did you have the rib uh, protector on? Because I know the first few times I got back in the cart, I bloody did my rib cartilage each time. Yeah, I sure do. I um, had, the, had the rib protector on all weekend, but I actually, I, I've had it since I was go-karting, so I've done it for so many years, for 10 years, but my ribs swell up really badly. Um, and they're very, very swollen and bruised right now. So it should be a bit of fun when I get to the test day on Tuesday. We can gather from this, once you've gotten into the house, there'll be the couch coming, and then a week or so later will be the cart stand with the new cart on it. You better believe it, 100%. Yep. <laughs> we haven't spoken about with Darwin, but you would have a, a perspective that is different to many others that... In the first race on Saturday, you drive past your teammate's car that is on fire. And while Saturday didn't go to plan, if you see a fire like that, you don't have full access to the information. You have even less than the team had. Do you think, could this happen to me? Is this a inherent problem or do you just block it out and just go up? Oh, that's that. 
I keep moving on. Uh, I think information is always good, and we try and figure out as much as we can from that incident, I guess, for us as drivers, just so we know. I guess for us it's a safety concern. We don't want to go out there and catch on fire, so we like to know exactly what's going on and if this fix is being put in place. But being in the car at that time, I couldn't really... I seen the big cloud of black smoke, really, and came around the corner, couldn't really see a car in amongst it. And then when I went past, I seen in my rear view mirror and on the TV screens that it was Cam. So being inside the car and having a mate and a teammate basically trapped inside a burning car, it's pretty scary. So I was on the radio trying to ask Stucky sort of what was going on. And we obviously had our own problems as well with the damage and going a couple laps down trying to fix that. So it was really hard for him to be able to give me an update about how Cam was, but also try and engineer a race car at the same time. So in that aspect, it actually is really scary because like I said, like, we may all be big, uh, sorry. We may all be competitors out there, but we're still all mates. And yeah, seeing one of your mates trapped in a car is not a very cool experience at all. Well, the good thing is that it's been determined that it wasn't the same as it happened at the Grand Prix to both uh, Nick Furcat and James Courtney. It was a different thing that occurred, and it sounds like the team and, and supercars, the technical as well, are on top of it. So. That should not be occurring again. Declan, we will be watching close. We wish you all the very best. And we hope you get to repeat some of your previous glory on the streets of Townsville. Thanks, Declan Fraser, for joining us again on Inside Supercars. Too easy. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.